Jose Molina would go to work to support his family like he did every day. Only no one would be the same after this particular day. And that is an understatement. But, side note, if you were interested in workplace, construction, and industrial-related accidents, failures, or insane stories, then this is the podcast you need to be listening to. So do us a favor, weld, grind, or cut that subscribe, follow button, which means click it, so you can be notified when we upload a new episode, which will be once a week. Please help make someone's day safer. Share this content. Hopefully, someone out there can hear these stories, be inspired by them, be inspired to slow down, speak up, pay closer attention to, change, or even bring to a halt certain circumstances out on their job site that are possibly creating dangerous or even fatal situations. Please also note that Terror on the Clock is brought to you by, for over 20 years, RHTC has provided training for mobile cranes, overhead cranes, forklifts, aerial work platforms, rigging, and signal person. OSHA requirements are in the forefront of our training curriculum. This ensures that our instructors are qualified in the most current and relevant regulations and standards. RHTC offers CCO prep courses in the following. Fixed cab, service truck, boom truck, swing cab, lattice boom, articulating boom crane, articulating boom loader, tower crane, rigor level one, rigor level two, Signal person, all CCO training and testing, written and practical, can be accomplished at our facility. We can also accommodate off-site training and testing as it's deemed necessary. Don't forget, very important, that you know RHTC provides periodic and frequent inspections of cranes as required by our friends at OSHA, as written in 1910 and 1926 subpart CC, as well as our other friends, ASME, B30.5. RHTC provides inspection services for all cranes to ensure they meet the requirements of OSHA and ASME. All inspections are accomplished using trained, qualified, and certified personnel. Crane and hoist inspections include chain falls, come-alongs, monorails, jibs, overhead cranes, dock cranes, portal cranes, pillar cranes, tower cranes, and mobile cranes. These guys are top-notch. I'm telling you, you're not going to call anyone that is more experienced. We're talking about an accumulative experience age of over 125 years. These guys know what they're doing. They are energetic. They are fun to work with. But more importantly... They are thorough. They are going to help you make sure to eliminate any and all hazards possible so you and your staff can go home to their families at the end of the day. That's what's most important. Call my friends over at RHTC and tell them, Kevo, said call. 
I'm telling you, you will not regret it. RHTCINC.com, RHTCINC.com, or give them a call at 318-330-9000. Again, 318-330-9000. RHTC for your training, inspection, consulting needs. These are the guys to call, trust me. And now, without further ado, Allow me the pleasure of introducing your host, a man that can't be stopped, a dude that could possibly be contained, although I seriously doubt it. Here he is. Welcome. Godspeed. I'm your host, Kevo Meredith. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Terror on the clock. Please be aware that the following story contains mature subject matter as well as graphic details, so listener discretion is strongly advised. Jose Molina was 62 years old and a father of six children. He had been living in Los Angeles and was employed with Bumblebee Tuna. Jose had been employed with Bumblebee Tuna for about five years. Uh, now, somebody, as, as an employee of Bumblebee, Jose had several responsibilities with the company. One of them was loading a large industrial oven. So as we get into this story, we're going to give you details on all this good stuff, okay? So, he would load several pallets of tuna in that oven that were carefully stacked. So it would be a pallet of tuna and then another pallet on top of it and on top of it, on top of it, etc. Now the oven served two purposes. The oven processed the tuna, but it would also sterilize the cans. So on October 11th, 2012 at 4 a.m., Jose arrives at the plant where he works. It's located in Santa Fe Springs, California. And the first task of the day came from a supervisor that tasked him with loading one of the ovens. So, upon clocking in and getting his orders, Jose walked away and he went and got several pallets of tuna, and I believe it was eight. I believe he had eight pallets of tuna stacked, uh, which weighed 12,000 pounds. He wheeled it over to the oven that he was asked to load, and Jose opens the door of this large industrial oven. Now, let's get to that stopping point. Let's, let's talk about this stopping point right here. So the oven is not like what you would picture at home. Obviously, it's not like a uh, it's not like a gargantuan version of your your oven that we cook that you know we cook in. Now, this oven is a long tube. Now, it's approximately fifty four inches wide, and it's thirty six foot long. 
So it is a big oven. So Jose opens the door of that oven, which is a big steel frame door. Uh, not quite as heavy as say, a bank vault door, but it's a big, round, heavy door. So Jose, if you're facing the oven, the oven opens up and it swings open to your left. So if you're standing right in front of the oven, you would turn and, and the door was open. If you turn, you're looking at the inside of that oven door. Okay? So when he opens the door, Jose would see something that immediately got his attention. And that would be down at the end of that oven, there was a chain that was loose. Now, I'm not sure in, in all my research, I, I have no idea what that chain did exactly. I don't know if it was part of the, 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 the inner workings of, of that oven. I don't know if that chain was there to, to help catch or hold pallets of tuna. I, I, I'm not sure exactly what the chain's purpose was or what it did, but evidently it was something important to the operation because when Jose saw it, he obviously thought, more than likely he thought two things. And those two things would be, we're not supposed to go in this oven. But in order to save us time, I can run in there, fix that chain a couple minutes at most, and then you don't have to shut the oven down, get a mechanic to come over, etc. It is something that, by, by all intents and purposes, I read that it seemed such a, a regular thing or a normal thing that this chain would, would be hanging in the position that it was and needed to be fixed. So he knew he could do this in a couple of minutes. So fast forward now to about two hours later. So we fast forward, it's two hours later. The supervisor began to ask some of the other employees if they had seen Jose. He was nowhere to be found. They noticed too that his workstation was extremely neat and clean. Like, like maybe he had, you know, tidied everything up and was gone for the day. So, first thing they do, obviously, is begin looking all over the plant. Send a couple guys, hey, go, you know, and, and, it, and I can imagine it was just kind of, hey, go find Jose, see where he's at. So, these couple guys are tasked with locating Jose. So, to no avail, can't find him. So then, obviously, the next thing to do, hey, we can't find him nowhere. Well, let's call over the intercom and get him to come to, to the supervisor's office. So they, they pick up the, uh, the, the company intercom that's over the plant. They call his name and have him report to the supervisor's office. When a little time passed and still no Jose, well, now they're like, well, what the heck, man? Where's Jose? Got an idea. Let's go check the employee parking lot. Maybe he left. Maybe he quit. I mean, it's not like Jose to quit, but you never know. 
what uh, people are going through or what's going on, or maybe he went out there to get something. So they send a couple guys out, get out to the employee parking lot. His vehicle's still there. So now they're stumped. They are stumped now. So they go back in, and they're all thinking, you know, what the hell? Where is Jose? So let's look around the plant one more time. Maybe he's somewhere helping someone do something. Maybe we just overlooked him. So after the second time of looking around the plant, they have zero clue. So what else can they do? When one of the employees says, guys, there's one place we haven't looked. It's the only place he could be unless he left with someone else. So after looking through surveillance cameras at all the exits, Jose is not seen on camera leaving. He's not seen leaving, exiting the building anywhere. So, they go to the oven that Jose was tasked with loading. They power it down. Now, something about powering this oven down is when you power it down, you have to wait a minimum of 30 minutes before you can open the oven and, and even consider getting anything out or going into the oven. So, obviously, it has to go through a minimum of a 30-minute cool-down process. So you can imagine how long this 30 minutes was. I mean, they, they, they shut the oven down. They cannot find him. Now, once they shut it down, they still got people looking. Hopefully, obviously, we're going to find him somewhere. You know, surely he's somewhere hiding or, or something's going on, you know. So at the end of the 30 minutes, they unlock the door and they open it and pressed against the inside of that oven door where he had desperately tried to get the attention of someone outside of that oven was Jose. He was obviously deceased and he had been, and this is horrific, cooked alive. Now we have to determine how did this happen? How did Jose get in this situation? So, here's what the plant and co-workers here's what they described that happened. So, when Jose pulled the eight pallets of tuna and he had it directly in line with the oven, he obviously stopped it close, directly in line, but gave himself enough room to open the door. Now, again, you're standing in front of that oven. The door opens to the left, and it's a, obviously a pretty big door. So if you're coming from that direction, you would be looking at the front side of that door. So you'd have the pallets of tuna, a little bit of gap, 
and then the door swung open so you're looking at the outside of that door so you would have no way of seeing from that vantage point who was in there if anybody or what was going on so a co-worker had decided hey this is the oven Jose's supposed to load he's got the, door, the ovens open here's the tuna I'm going to help him out and do him a favor. Now, here's the thing about that. If you've worked uh, in, in any industry uh, where construction, factory, etc., you know that you're more than, at times, you're more than just coworkers. You're friends. 95%, and I've looked this up, 95% of all industrial workers in factories, construction, etc., etc., have built they all say 95% have built strong relationships, lifelong relationships with coworkers. 95%. They know each other. They know each other's families. They know each other's children. They know each other's husbands, wives, all that stuff. Like, they have a vested interest in each other outside of the workplace. So, when Jose had went inside that oven to fix the chain, a co-worker had come from the direction of the vantage point where the pallets of tuna and the door is open. He saw that and thought, let me load this for Jose. So, these eight pallets of tuna on the dolly, pallet dolly system it's on, they move with ease. Now, it's 12,000 pounds, yes, but if you get 12,000 pounds on a good, well-taken-care-of dolly system that's rated for more than, than, than what it weighs, this stuff can move with ease. It's not that difficult to move it. So, the co-worker gets behind it, and immediately it takes seconds to guide the pallets of tuna into the oven. Now, it is assumed that once that tuna was pushed in there, it probably caught Jose off guard. He probably had his back to it and probably felt something hitting and probably yelled out. Only, when you're in the industrial oven with eight pallets of tuna in it as well, it's loud in that factory. Very loud. And you, you can barely hear each other as it is. But with all the noise in the factory, he's inside the oven, and now he has pallets of tuna pushed against him. He was probably shocked before he could even think to scream or yell or say, oh, what's, oh, oh, oh. The oven door was being closed. The oven door is closed. And one of his fellow co-workers locks it and then proceeds to fire the oven up. Jose couldn't yell loud enough. With the oven closed, there was never a chance that anyone could hear him. Now, there was a little bit of room on each side of those pallets, obviously. But it wasn't something that someone could just quickly just 
hurriedly get around and put themselves in a position to stop someone from closing that door. Um, you know, you got to think if the oven's 56 inches wide or 54 inches wide, whatever it is, and let's say the pallets of tuna were, were, were 36 inches wide, you know, that doesn't leave a whole bunch on each, you know, 8, 10 inches on each side. Well, a grown man, you can get through there, but it's not as simple as just snapping a finger and, and, and you're around it. So the door's closed and Jose could not get anyone's attention once that other door is closed. It's fired up and the temperature begins to slowly rise. So the target temperature in this oven is 270 degrees. So what I found in this research is the human body can survive at temps of 200 degrees or maybe, maybe a tad higher, but only for 8 to 10 minutes. At 212 degrees, it is proven that your blood will begin to boil, and that will kill you. So when you think about all this, it's kind of hard to not think about the fact that Jose would have been completely aware, mentally and physically feel all that was about to happen to him. He fully recognized the situation that he had to endure. And unfortunately, there was no emergency kill switch inside the oven and no emergency door opening inside the oven. It's a two-hour process. It had been that long, if not a little more, before the coworker decided, hey, we need to look in this oven. Jose would leave behind a wife and six children. But we have to talk about what happens what can happen to co-workers, to safety managers, to a plant when something like this happens. So the deputy district attorney that prosecuted Bumblebee said that without a doubt, these were the were this was the worst circumstance of death he had ever seen. And nothing, nothing would bring Jose back. As part of the agreement with the Los Angeles District Attorney's Office, Bumblebee would agree to pay $3 million to replace its outdated tuna ovens with new ones that do not require workers to enter through them. Also, these ovens 
had been worked on and limped and worked on and limped and worked on and limped. They were trying not to spend the money and they were salvaging all they humanly could for as long as they humanly could. They would also agree to pay $1.5 million in restitution to Jose's family. They would pay 750000 to the DA's Environmental Enforcement Fund, pay 750000 in combined fines, penalties, and court costs. They would have to implement safety measures, measures such as installing video cameras in their ovens. Now, this is the one that, that shocks me here. Provide safety training to managers and coworkers and conduct safety audits of equipment. Now, I've been in and around construction for 25 years. And I know that there were regular safety audits, safety meetings in, in the operations that I was a part of. For me to imagine that Bumblebee Tuna did not train their staff on the uh-ohs or the what-ifs or the potential hazards of what goes on in that plan is absolutely, it, it is a crime. How in the world would a company like that not have training for workers and supervisors. It's absolutely insane that something like this had to happen for the idea of safety meetings and safety training for managers and workers and safety audits. It's absolutely insane. This is extremely important to me. Bumblebee complied with all the terms and they were allowed to plead guilty to one misdemeanor count. Safety manager Saul Flores pleaded guilty and was sentenced to three years of formal probation and 30 days of community labor. Flores also had to pay 19000 in fines and, of course, be required to take work safety classes. Plant Operations Director Angel Rodriguez agreed to do 320 hours of community service and pay $11,400 in fines and also take work safety classes. Both men, if they... Do their community it, it, the fact that they did their community service, paid their fines, and did their work safety classes. They were both able to plead guilty to a misdemeanor charge. Flores and Rodriguez had to make public statements admitting their guilt. Bumblebee, Flores, and Rodriguez all had been charged with three felony counts each of an OSHA violation causing death. The two men had faced a maximum sentence of three years in prison and a $250,000 fine. Bumblebee's fine alone could have reached $1.5 The DA's office says 
This is the largest known payout for workplace safety violations involving a single victim in California criminal prosecution. Shortcutting safety rules to make a few extra bucks and improve the bottom line is not tolerable. Assistant Head Deputy District Attorney Hoon Chun, who helped prosecute the case, would say, Nothing can bring back their husband and father, but much can be done to endure this terrible accident and make sure it does not happen again. I don't know out there what procedures, what uh, what hazard elimination program you have, but whether you're in a plant or you're driving pollen or you're getting on a crane or you're hanging iron or you're welding or you're doing... Guys, we have got to stop and talk to people around us. This easy. That easy. Someone assumes and someone dies. And then, who does it go on? Well, it's not just the plant. It's not just the safety manager, the coworker, the coworker that Jose knew, had worked with, probably knew each other's families. Well, he had a certain level of criminal negligence as well. You see, sometimes things are not just going to be deemed an accident. Sometimes, yes, there are times in life that a wheel can fall off a wagon and it's nobody's fault. But in times like this, if you walk up and you assume that whatever's happening here, oh, I I, I can just help them out. I don't know what's going on, but I'm just going to push this in there and do that anyway. The criminal negligence is can be on you. Do you want to lay down at night and think about that? I wonder what it's like for that gentleman. I wonder what it's like to lay there at night and think, I, I should have done that. Why, 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 why didn't I stop? And why, why did I do that? Why didn't I, I? Hey, I'm not pushing that in there. He could be in there. I mean, it, it's it's not a good idea to go in there, but that, I mean, two wrongs don't make a right. Two things can be true at once, and that is, yes, Jose should not have went in that oven. You're 100% right, no doubt. But the negligence of walking up on someone else's project and just, quote-unquote, taking it over and just not thinking about the consequences. There's no way on earth that I, nor you, I know you don't, that I want you, there's no way on earth that I want you to have to walk up to my wife and my four grandchildren and tell them that you're sorry. You thought you were helping and you were trying to do something to, 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 to help me with my job, but you're so sorry that it wind up killing me. And I know damn good and well that I, 
do not want to do that with you and your family. Life is unbelievably hard enough as it is. We're going to face things every day in work, outside of work, etc. Where we can eliminate hazards, we have to eliminate them. And the hazard here that could have been eliminated was just, yes, I want to repeat again, Jose should have not went inside the oven. But jumping in, pushing stuff in there, shutting the door and turning the oven on, when you don't know what's going on, you don't know why that tuna's sitting there, you, you have no idea. That is the one hazard that could have been prevented. That's the one. Don't ever assume. You've heard the old saying, I'm sure you have, that when you assume, it makes an ass out of you and me. A-S-S-U-M-E. It makes an ass out of you and me. Well, in this case, it was way more than that. Someone assumed, and there was a funeral, and then there were arrests made, and then there are good men handcuffed. Do not put yourself in that situation. Do not put me in that situation. Do not put your coworkers, your employees in that situation. Do not put your employer in that situation. You know, I know a lot of employers that give their employees every potential tool and, 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 and procedure to help eliminate hazards. But I've seen in the past the employer give everyone the tools and know-how, but I've seen employees skip them, not worry about them, and bad things happen. Bad things can happen. It's crazy to think Bumblebee Tuna did not have regular safety training and or safety audits. And it's a shame that something like this had to happen for that to occur. But I've said time again, tragedy can prevent tragedy. God bless Jose's family, his children. God bless the men, his co-workers, uh, who, who didn't do this on purpose. Um, Godspeed to all of them, and I hope all of them can find some sort of peace and comfort um, and closure with, with this somehow, some way. I can't understand or even begin to understand mentally what family and co-workers are, are, are going through even still to this day. So, be careful. Don't ever just assume that you know what's going on. I'm telling you. Snap of a finger. You can create a situation. You can ring a bell that you can't unring. If you are interested in workplace construction and industrial-related accidents, failures, and insane stories... This is the podcast for you, okay? So do me a favor. Remember, weld, grind, or cut that subscribe button or follow button, all right? We'll upload once a week, and what we'd like you to do is please share this content, okay? Share it. 
people can let you can share it and go, hey, hey, Bill, listen to this story Kevo tells. I mean, we need to talk about this in our safety meeting so people know, hey, this is what can happen that fast. Uh, do that. Share it. There's some circumstances out there somewhere that maybe, maybe we, we can help figure out to prevent dangerous and fatal situations, okay? So please share, like, all that good stuff. Also remember, Terror on the Clock is brought to you by our good friends over at RHTC Incorporated. Remember, for your your crane, your training, rigging, signal person, forklift, aerial work platform, your inspections, all your stuff, all right? Those guys are top notch. I'm telling you, you will not be disappointed. Call them for all your training, inspection, consulting needs. RHTCINC.com. Again, RHTCINC.com. Or give them a call at area code 318-330-9000. Again, area code 318-330-9000. So, remember, call our friends at RHTC. Click like, or, or as I like to say, weld, grind, or cut that subscribe button, okay? So follow. Tell everybody about it. Call our friends over at RHTC. And remember, remember, pay attention to everything going on. Help save a life today. Share this tragedy to prevent a tragedy. Okay, guys? All right. Till next time, much love. Godspeed. Please be safe. Look out for everyone. God bless you. See you soon. I'm Kevo. This has been Terror on the Clock. Wait it, I've been thinking the cinematic is beautiful, man. I don't know if I'm making movies or music videos.